0: Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venue Land, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry.
1: I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them.
0: our adventure today takes us to Bridgestone Arena which many of you know is in uh, Music City Nashville we're going to check in with a different kind of guest you know a lot of times we're talking with guests who have been in the industry 10 20 30 years but it's not often we get to talk to somebody who's brand new in the industry and I think that's important right because it's it's a fresh perspective especially for people who are trying to break into the industry even if you've been around for a while to hear you know the perspective of somebody who's just decided for god knows what reason <laughs> <to put their laughs> life into this. let's find out we're going to check in with Mark Salazar Mark is the arena marketing assistant with the Nashville Predators Mark welcome to the podcast hi nice to be here so you are brand new here in the in your current role. Tell us about what you're doing uh, there in Nashville.
2: Yeah, I just moved here a couple of months ago uh, to work for Bridgestone Arena, the Nashville Predators. I'm their arena marketing assistant. I kind of get to do a lot of different things: socials, emails, uh, website stuff, escorting media around uh, for concerts and events, and. You know, just getting to do all the things that no one thinks about that needs to be done.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot to do in, in, in Nashville, right? So in addition to the shows and everything happening there, you're also, are you doing some of the stuff with the, you know, award shows
2: too? Unfortunately, not this year. <laughs>
0: you're not trusted with that yet.
2: Man. I actually lost my credentials, like, the day before the CMA Awards.
0: No, you gotta <laughs> tell us that story. Tell us that story, Mark.
2: So I'm sure it's an exciting story, but I'm just... You know, 20 something and a guy and I was just not being careful and I had it in my jacket, took off my jacket, didn't secure it properly. And I checked and it was gone. And I looked around, couldn't find it. Do you terrified?
0: Are you terrified? Do you feel like at that moment you're going to lose your entire job and your entire career?
2: <laughs> yes, I was really anxious over it. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, everyone here is super sweet. And they're like, it happens. Like, no one made me feel bad about it. So I feel like that just says a lot about them. And that's really nice.
0: Paul Hooper, have you ever lost a credential for a show? Because because I have. I remember one time early on in, uh, in my run here at the arenas, I was working a, a UFC event. And I instead of having a little plastic pouch, I'd actually attached the credential to one of the little plastic clip things. And I was running around Mm. checking on media at all these different spots and looked down and my credential is just gone and it was just pure terror.
1: Oh geez I uh I'm trying to think if I have I think there have been a couple times where before I got wise to the plastic pouch uh you know when I was (laughs) uh, I don't know like a coordinator we would like just get those little laminates and do like a hole punch and then look at hook it through the hoop which is not the greatest because you know that wears and as you're running around it's flopping back and forth on your neck or on your belt or wherever you have it uh secured you know it it breaks that hole so i think there was a couple times where you know i sat down at a desk or i was running around the office and i was like what the hell and then i luckily found it on like the floor or something but i do think that's kind of par for the course it's gonna happen you know all right so mark you get you invested in the pouch since then right
2: not yet. Luckily, it was not luckily, but it was my arena credential. So your face is deactivated. it. Yeah. Someone out there has my face and my badge, but
0: can't get in the <laughs> building.
2: Uh,
0: eBay, here something. we go.
2: Hey, Mark, one place you didn't
0: lose your credential was uh, EAMC, where we kind of got to know you first uh, not too long oh, ago, wow. right? You were a, uh, a marketing intern. Uh, for us. A lot of people who are listening to the podcast may be the chance to meet you uh, recently in Minneapolis. Yeah,
2: back in June that was really incredible. Really busy, really nice to see everything, kind of like the planning you guys did before, kind of the different things and different steps you guys take to make everything possible and just getting to see how fun everything is and how nice everyone is as well. So Mark, how did
0: you end up in Nashville from there?
2: Um. Funny story, I actually met my boss. Her name is Kate Edge. I actually met her at EAMC on the last night for the last day, anyone listening who wasn't there. They do like a big event the last night and we did a WWE match. And there was an open bar that I could go to for like an hour because I was helping get people in. Um, And I ended up talking to her for like five to 10 minutes and we just really hit it off. And a couple months later, they ended up creating a role here and she remembered me and sent me the info and was like, I would love for you to apply if you're interested. And that is how I'm here because of EAMC and someone, Kate, if you're listening to this, thank you, who talked to me for five, 10 minutes and decided like, I like him. I want to work with him and, you know, help me get this job. I think
1: that's such a awesome story. And I think it, it speaks to a lot of things. One, the importance of networking and the importance of you know going after conferences and trying to get those internships because you never know when it is going to lead to that position or that that new role but also I think it's you mentioned like the open bar and that is literally uh I think those two words have come up on this podcast a number of times and I think I even (laughs) mentioned it in like one of our first episodes is that was something I always uh kind of Really invested time in as well in my first years was you know, everyone is kind of loose and fun and happy to meet new people at the bar. And it's it's like the best networking opportunity at the conference. So if you can go up and you're in this room of like-minded people. And then all of a sudden you meet a whole bunch of people and you never know that five minute conversation here, 10 minute conversation there, you know, if it isn't your future boss, it might be someone that knows your future boss or someone right. that you're going to have to call or email and say, Hey, how's this show going for you? And, you know, how can we, you know, trade ideas? So it, it's really just invaluable. So I think it's, you know, a credit to you for both making that connection with her, but also, Uh, really showcases the importance of that networking at the conference.
2: Uh, Definitely. Even like my past few months here, there are some like calls or like people we'd like call on to ask for help or for advice. And everyone really, I've realized just leans on each other in this industry, helping share ideas or like if there's a problem. We'll go to other people and be like, Hey, this is what we're experiencing. How did you guys deal with this? Or what is your solution that you found works for you? And just really supportive. Everyone definitely leans on each other and knows each other. Um, I think it's really nice to see that.
0: So tell us about the team that you're working there with in Nashville. Like what are, what is, it? what's, you know, kind of uh, uh, the rest of your crew look like?
2: Yeah, there is a full marketing team here. Um, We have some people that do mostly Preds and then I do mostly concerts and everyone really just leans on each other. Even like our booking coordinator will help us do all the activations and switch out signage and like do day of show things. And our graphics team will like turn things over quickly. And we all work on different things, but we all definitely try to support each other uh, to the best of our abilities. And there's some people that have been here for quite a while and they're just such a good resource. And if you're ever like, if I ever find myself stressing out about anything, I could just go ask anybody anything and they'll provide clarity or insight. Um, just really supportive.
1: That's awesome. One thing I would I was curious about too is, you know, you you found this team, you found you, you told us how you landed where you were, but you know, what is the city of Nashville like to you as well? Have you been there before? Is that something that you that you know had had you visited what was that experience like did you just kind of like jump all in and it never been there i mean i think it is it's a lot we've had the conference there before and it is an amazing city and i i'm not too far away from there so i make it down that way every so often but uh there's a lot going on i mean talk about a happening town where there's just concerts every single night at every single venue uh you know what what's that experience been like yeah
2: um i actually really love country music So I've always like slowly been ordering things from like um, Hatch Print or like the Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. And just like for like the past 10 years, I've just like really admired Nashville, but I never came to visit. And when this job opened, I told them, I was like, I've never visited, but I showed them like all the different things I had from the city. And I told them straight up, I was like, I'm going to move here. Like this would be like, A great thing and honestly it's been such an amazing thing the city's energy has been so nice just like he said always shows at the Ryman I went to the Opry for the first time last week and the energy is just incredible um I'm from Austin Texas so it kind of reminds me of that a little bit but it's been nice definitely southern hospitality sweet place to be (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh Mark, you mentioned, you know, uh being from Austin. So you're actually a graduate of University of Texas at Austin and and so uh I'm curious there, you were you were being uh uh marketing, but obviously the Moody Center just opened up there, right? Uh yeah. you have been, you've been following along and uh looking forward to a you know a visit on your next next trip home.
2: Yeah, definitely. I've been following like all the activations they do are just so incredible. Like the Harry's house. Mm-hmm set up outside was insane i love their cute little signs i'm definitely watching and i feel like i've seen a lot more artists go to austin because of that so it's really nice to just kind of see my hometown get like coverage and events like they got the cmt awards and it's all just really exciting
1: you're definitely uh you know, between those two cities, kind of in the hub of country music. I mean, I think, I think Austin is known for definitely more than country, but I mean, coming from Texas and going to Nashville, I think like that, that covers just about most of the country music uh, market and <laughs> and two of the biggest cities really that, you know, between Austin and Nashville, which, you know, talk about another city that has so many venues and events happening in Austin, but I think that's really interesting that you're coming from the one and landing in the other. And there are a lot of similarities, but, you know, they each kind of have their own their own take on on music town and how, what that means. And Austin, I think, really leans into that kind of weird side. And uh, Nashville's a little more like industry history side. And, you know, so much of just this classic kind of Dolly vibe and everything. But it's it's
2: got to be really cool to kind of see both both those angles. Yeah, definitely. I actually did the like Country Music Hall of Fame tour and they took us to Studio B, RCA, one of the studios over there and I did like a tour and they like took you in and they're like, this is where Elvis reported and like all these other artists and you know, Nashville just has such a rich history. And I think one of the cool things is that they have like labels and like they have their own branches here, which is something Austin doesn't have. Uh, like that many of you know there's just a lot of like you said music industry representation here
0: so mark when you know you're, you're at austin did you know you wanted to get into the live entertainment industry
2: um i've always been fascinated by it um i actually saw when i was like 13 i saw taylor swift's documentary journey to fearless and that was the first time in my brain that i was like There's so much that goes on to putting on a live event and a tour. There are people who build the stages, people who work the doors, dancers, and all of this other things that go into that, that you just don't think about when you're younger. That put things in perspective for me. And ever since that moment, I kind of saw things in a different light. I saw things as being that somebody's job. Someone got paid to make that happen. And when I was like 17, 18, I was like, maybe I can do that how can i do that what does that look like and as we all know there's no set map or formula in getting in this industry so you just kind of figure it out and hope for the best and trial and error everything
0: yeah we're all still trying to figure out the uh, the the map <laughs> hey so so you're there at the University of Austin and you you kind of get yourself involved in a in a few different things tell us about your time with with cheer austin
2: oh yeah that that's an adult cheerleading team. It's a charity tier- cheerleading team. Uh, we raised money for different groups, usually LGBT groups. Um, we do different things from like volunteering at races and helping facilitate that. And we get a donation. Um, we've done wrapping presents at Barnes and Noble, just like anywhere that will have us and help us like get brand recognition or get out in the community or donate us money so we can in turn, give that money back to a local charity. And we also did performances as well. Uh, we performed at Austin pride. Uh, we like practiced the whole year and like did a routine.
0: Did you have a cheer background before
2: that? Um, I cheered it for a few years in high school, um, high school cheer. <laughs> and we did a little bit of competitions as well.
0: Was it like the Netflix show cheer? Was it intense like that? Did you, did you have a coach Monica on your, on your back?
2: No. <laughs> It was really chill. We we're all that's adults. a deep reference, Dave. I'm now wondering how
1: much you know about the uh, show Cheer.
0: I, uh, you know, we had we had the we had the tour come through Columbus, so I had to had to
1: do a deep dive. Okay, sure, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was chill. It was very chill. I'm thankful everyone there was super nice.
1: That's so cool. Is there a group like that in Nashville that you've uh, tried to look into, or are you gonna start
2: your own? I think there might be one starting. I saw it listed somewhere. There's like this thing called PCA, which is Pride Cheerleading Association, and I saw a cheer Nashville one, and I emailed them a couple months ago, and I don't think they emailed me back, but I think there could be one. Who knows? I might do it.
0: Time will tell. So, Mark, you know, from there, you kind of you get you kind of get your feet into the business a little bit. Talk to us about, you know, obviously Austin's a great place to break into the music industry. Talk to us about your time with C3 Presents.
2: Yeah, CV Presents was incredible for any. I'm pretty sure everyone who's listening might know this, but they are this promoter that joined with Live Nation. They do different festivals, concerts. Uh, they have like an artist management branch and they just have like a whole lot of things. They're doing a lot constantly. I started there as an intern in concerts mar- marketing, doing social media. So I did that for a semester, just getting to see how everything works um, getting assets from artist managers and just really helping promote the shows. Um, we worked with three venues actually, uh, scoot in Stubbs amphitheater and also Emos, and then also whatever shows we had to promote at other venues and to like really get deep in social media. And like, obviously I feel like there I learned you know, you post things on social media, but like when you really start doing it for another brand and like writing something to the general public, you really have to think and get in a rhythm and learn. And then I also did digital festival marketing and I did that internship in spring of 2020. And we all know it happened in March of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> what happened in March 2020?
1: Oh, oh, oh yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What, what interesting timing I'm sure for that then. I can't imagine.
2: Yeah, like we were getting things ready for a big festival like in the middle of March and we had to hit pause on everything and yeah. it was really heartbreaking but had to be done.
0: Yeah. Mark, you talk about, you know, writing social media for, you know, the live industry, right? So, you know, you're you've gone from doing it for yourself to now reaching nearly a million people, you know, that you're uh, that are following these accounts that that now you're helping one of the things I see a lot of people struggle with is, you know, that, that writing that great caption. What makes a good uh, social media caption?
2: I, if I'm knowledgeable, I like to try to incorporate like artist lyrics or sometimes making the emojis the same color as the picture, like what the album art looks like or the ad map looks like. It's really trying to make it fun, cheeky, related to the artist and make it pop that's what I like to do. All subjective, of course.
1: Sure. But it's those little tiny things sometimes that make the post stand out whenever you're, you know, in this endless feed of content that someone's scrolling through, you know, whenever you see some emojis that are popping out or you see some clever artwork or you see, you know, some sort of lyrics or something that you recognize, that's the thing that's going to catch people's eyes. So, you know, you're maybe not downplaying it, but the little things like that often do separate the best brands from all the other brands. You know, it's it's the people that are really thinking above and beyond and trying to put that just extra polish on there because they realize that it
2: really does matter. Yeah, definitely. I always try to get inspired by the artists and like the vibe of the show or, you know, just be open, search things, be inspired.
0: So, you know, obviously, pandemic, you mentioned it it hits hard, but kind of, uh, you know, August of 2020, you get involved with the Austin Music Foundation and an internship there uh, that you spent about a year at. Tell us about that, that very rocky year in the music industry, but kind of what you did there with the Austin Music Foundation.
2: I actually ended up, uh, her name is Emily Miller. Uh, She's like the main, one of the main people there. She's like constantly doing community things. I didn't mention this, but C3 Presents every semester, they do an intern concert where we do everything from booking to marketing, everything for the show. That and is super cool, yeah. that yeah, was really fun, really eye-opening, but our beneficiary for that concert in fall of 2019 was Austin Music Foundation, so I like went and talked to her for a while, and I ended up volunteering with them in January 2020. and during the summer um, of that year. I was just feeling, you know, mixed feelings about everything, feeling a little low. And I just really wanted to do something music related. So I emailed her and it's like, Hey, like if you're looking for an intern, I would love to help you out with like anything and everything you need. I just really want to get back in and I miss music so much. Um, For people who don't know, they are an Austin nonprofit and they really just help connect artists with resources. They host different workshops on different things like sync licensing, um, just like taxes and like a bunch of other things. And just really help provide artists uh, that are smaller and local with different resources. And they post different showcases and events and programs and just really try to give back to the community. I was helping them do some social stuff and I actually made them a like, social media guide for, like, different things to say. I did, like, an emoji mood board for things that, like, pretty on brand and, like, did different examples for different things. Um, Just helped wherever they needed help. And I was there for almost a year. And in 2021, we actually got a contract for, well, they did. Um, They helped book local acts for the Austin rugby team. So we'd have like a little like table and set up and stuff. Yeah. So like before every rugby game, they would do live concerts from local musicians and they gave AMF a budget and they got to book local artists to play. So I was helping like set up and break down for that.
1: That sounds like such a wide swath of experience in your first, you know, couple of years in the industry between, what you're getting at C3, which is obviously a lot of stuff from the promoter perspective, but then even that intern concert you mentioned, which I think is so cool. I've never heard of anything like that before. I mean, I know some universities will do kind of similar like student concerts, but for C3 to kind of, I don't know, really hone in and see the importance that, you know, educating interns on the whole process of putting on an event, I'm sure it helps them as they hire up and pull people from that. But also it just educates people on what all goes into a live event. And then you go from that into working, you know, on this artist side and then, you know, helping with setup up on these small concerts. I mean, it's, you're kind of um, obviously not an ideal year of 2020 and 2021, but you, <laughs> you ended up Getting so much great exposure, I think, that really sets you up, I think, going forward. Uh, Definitely.
2: Just, like, got to learn a little bit. And I don't know, I just feel like I got inspired by the people around me and the different experiences. And just, like, you know, just doing it, it just filled my heart with, like, so much joy. And, you know, like, you can't see me right now, but I have, like, a big smile on my face. Uh, My cheeks hurt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love, though, that what you did is you didn't, you didn't just like, you know, some people, I've been looking for a while. I just keep searching on, you know, on uh, websites to see what I can find. But you didn't wait for something to, be, something to be posted. You went out and just found the thing that you wanted to do and said, hey, I would love to do this. And I, I think that's a great move for for people looking to get into this industry.
2: Yeah, definitely. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm somewhat of an anxious person. I feel like everyone gets in their heads like, what are they going to say? What if they don't reply? this and that. But I think as I've gotten older, I feel like, you know, you can do that. You can find someone's contact, email them. You know, you don't don't think you can. not Sure you can. Why not?
1: Yeah. And you, you know, what's the old Gretzky quote? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So, I mean, it's one of those things that I hear you. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I tend to get in my own head a lot, but as soon as you, you know, tell yourself, you know, it's, it doesn't hurt to send someone an email. The worst that's going to happen is either A, they're going to ignore you, or they might politely respond and say, Hey, we don't have anything open, but I know this other person that's, that's hiring, or Hey, we might have a position in six months or something. So I think there's so much to be gained from, uh, you know,
2: shooting that shot and think of that see shot lands. Yeah, awesome percent. Um, I used to have a very like, I can't do that mindset. And I would talk to my professor like during office hours and I'd be like, I was thinking maybe I could do this, but I don't think I can. And she's like, sure you can. And I'm like, no, I can't. And like, we'd go back and forth. And like, after that semester, I kind of got in the mindset of like, yeah, I can. How can I do that? What would that look like? Go for it.
0: It's great to have those people in your life that make that difference. You know, one of the things that Either through this whole time, you're also doing a couple other jobs, you know, so you're building experience every way you can. Uh, a lot of times with the, tell us about the Austin Radio Network and you're almost five years there.
2: Yeah, um, I started as an intern in 2018 and I stayed throughout that year and I kind of just kept working their events. Like they'd have showcases, they'd have festivals and they'd have like different events. So I'd always come back as a paid staff member who work their events every year. Um, that was my first internship ever. I remember doing my cover letter and writing, what is a cover letter? And like, <laughs> writing the book, yes, you got to start somewhere. That is how you learn. Yeah. I wrote like the most chaotic cover letter along with my resume to the director of marketing. And she was like, great, come on in. And she really opened that door and gave me like, my first experience in the industry, just like seeing what it was like being at a local radio station, uh, doing like ticket giveaways and like making sure contracts were met, like contract obligations were met and just seeing all those weird things that we do like radio remotes, like getting things ready to go do a remote broadcast from a sponsorships establishment, doing contests and like enter to giveaway and order to win things and, All those weird things that you just don't think about getting to see that side of the industry.
0: You know, one of the things that I when I'm hiring someone new in the industry that I love is, um, number one, longevity at a job, which is tough when you're young. Right. So they actually show that you you can commit to a gig. But also, I love people who worked in food service, because if I'm hiring and I see somebody they spent a couple years working at a restaurant through college or high school, um, I know you're not afraid to get your hands dirty and work hard. And, you know, you're you've actually got, you know, some people skills because you got to have people skills. So you just recently, I guess when when you moved to Nashville, all through this whole experience, all the stuff you were doing, you were also working as a a server at Home Slice Pizza in Austin.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I was. I'd actually been in the food industry for like eight or nine years. You know, life is not a linear model. I took some years off of school (laughs) and got back in it like the past few years, but I've been working in food industry for like eight, nine, 10 years. And I went to school full time and turned part-time and technically by home slices standards worked full-time.
1: How do you fit all that in,
2: Mark? That's That's a lot. Honestly, the managers there at my pizza job were incredible. They gave me first cut and some of the shorter shifts and I was able to like time it where like some days I wasn't getting as much sleep as I would have liked to have get, but I was getting enough and they <laughs> worked with me so well with my school schedule and everything else I was doing. Definitely. I just lucked out.
0: <laughs> so, you know, what, what do you take from that job that, you know, that you can use today while you're, you know, working uh, at Bridgestone in Nashville?
2: I think I just like found through the years, I just like being nice to people and making sure that they are having a good time and comfortable and know everything they need to know and just really help guide them through the journey, whether it's through the building or through the menu, just want to put on the best face possible and just whatever I'm going through at that moment, if I'm going through anything, leave it at the door and just come in and be the best version of myself. And, you know, people remember these experiences, they remember everything and you're representing your company and you just wanna give people a good experience, no matter what the job is.
1: That's great advice. And I think to that point, they also sometimes remember the worst experiences more. So all the more importance to, you know, make it happy, positive, and just the best day can be for everyone else that you're serving whether it's at an arena or at a pizza joint, you know, I think that's, that's awesome.
2: Agreed. One of the pizza restaurants like core values is playful reverence. So because of that, I've gotten a little more out of my shell, gotten a little more playful. And I feel like it's just created more of like a welcoming environment and not too serious. I used to be a little more uptight back in the day, but a little bit more easygoing and happy and fun.
0: You know, now that you're just, you know, now you're living in Nashville, you're, you know, you're kind of able to focus on your your career, but what are you doing for fun? When you get your, when you get your time in the off hours, what what do you, what do you spend your time doing?
2: I kind of look and see, I try to plan concerts. like, I really want to go to the Ryman soon. Usually I would walk around my neighborhood and go check out different places. I'd go explore some of the museums, kind of see what I can get into on Broadway. If there's any food or anything I can get We did have, like, a strong run of shows in October, so it was a little hard to get away. I couldn't really do it that much, but mostly eat (laughs) for now.
1: (laughs) Well, there's plenty of that there, and oh, my gosh. What's your favorite place you've been so far? Do
2: you remember? I will say this little dive bar on the east side. Um, I can't remember what it's called, and I'll look it up real quick, but... It was just so dark and grimy, and I know that's not a good sell on that right now. But <laughs> I like went there for brunch and had such an incredible sandwich at like this dark dive bar. It's called Lakeside Lounge, um, at Lakeside Lounge. And like, everyone's super nice, food was great. You know, what else do you need? <laughs> yeah, right, there you go, that's all of it.
0: Well, now here you are in, in Nashville, becoming the, becoming the expert local. Lots of, lots of great stuff to check out. So, Mark, I know people can find you on, on the socials, but if they want to find the work that you're doing on Bridgestone, uh, give, us the, give us the Bridgestone plugs.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, on Instagram, we are Bridgestone Arena Official. And then on Twitter, we are Bridgestone Arena. But we are missing an I and <laughs> an E the first beat in Bridgestone because of Twitter's limits on names.
1: Dang it, Twitter.
0: Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Come on, get that changed for you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who knows what's happening these days. All right, Mark, hey, before we let you go, let's wrap things up and hit you with the Fast Five. Five quick questions. Looking for your instant response. What was your very first concert?
2: Uh, it was Terrible Space Bands. Actually, they're not terrible. Uh, Never Shout Never and The Main.
0: There you go. All right. How about your favorite concert?
2: Favorite concert? Tie in between Marin Morris, Casey Musgraves, and Taylor Swift.
0: It's a three way tie. That's a great group. I, I saw Marin this summer. It was actually a really good show. Uh, how about what's the last TV show you binged?
2: I'm currently binging for like the third time Sabrina the Teenage Witch.
1: <laughs> the original? Nice. The original. Uh, the 90s one. one, Melissa Joan Hart. The 90s one. Yeah. Okay. what's
0: what's the best thing you can cook chicken stir fry chicken stir fry nice last question mark what is your theme song you get your own tv reality show cameras follow you all around your new adventures there in nashville uh what's the song that plays over the opening credits
2: um despite my holding back in this uh, podcast interview overshare by kelsey ballerini make of that what you want. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: there you go. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time today, Mark. We we appreciate you uh, uh, making the time for us today and, and look forward to a dark and grimy bar in Nashville with you down the road.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Thank you for having me. I feel like I don't belong here, but it is nice to get other perspectives on different things. You
0: know, <laughs> we all feel that way some days, you know, right? We all still feel like sometimes we're, we're still faking it until we make it. Always. A big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Venueland. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We'd love your five-star reviews so you can help others find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And
1: I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you in Nashville. Adventures in Venueland is a side project of the Event and Arena Marketing Conference a nonprofit organization bringing together people in the field of live entertainment to discuss marketing, publicity, and sales trends. Find out more at eventarenamarketing.com.
2: Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker.
1: Guest booking and brand strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing Strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure...